0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sales Leadership Awakening Podcast. I'm Stephen Rosen with my wonderful co-host, Colleen Stanley. Hello, Colleen. Nice to see you. Always with a wonderful smile. We're going to talk about what our key focus is, bridging the gap between what we know and actually taking action. And if we did that more often, as I think about it, we'd be much more successful. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about, do you need to set sales goals? Or you need to set learning goals. And we explore the relationship between the two sales targets, which are critical, but often undervalued is continuous learning and the focus on that and the skill enhancement that sales leadership needs to be doing. Colleen, let me ask you, we all deal with this every year in terms of growing our people. In your experience, why is it important for sales leaders? to set learning goals in addition to sales goals. I
1: want to give credit to a book that prompted this thinking or refined it. It's called The Performance Paradox in Eduardo Brizeno. This is really what got me thinking about this wonderful book, by the way. And I'm going to read something real quick for our listeners. It said the strongest organizations are learning organizations. Their structures and systems make the development of their people. Now listen to this, the everyday default, which makes them agile, resilient and impactful. It goes on to talk about how at one time Microsoft, a very successful organization, was a know-it-all organization versus a learning organization. Let me go back to your question because I wanted to give that resource and kind of credit to what got my thinking that way. All of us as sales managers, you've been one, I've been one. We set the sales goal. Then we set defined metrics and those might be activity metrics. We've got quarterly. So we've got numbers coming out of our ears. What I'd encourage everyone listening to today is that for every goal you set, there should be a learning goal. So let's take activity metrics, prospecting, right? It could be email, LinkedIn, networking, referral partners, asking for referrals. We can set those leading indicators, but do your salespeople have the skills to execute those leading indicators? There is usually training behind that. I had a client last year and it was really interesting, and I know you've had this. In your work, where the company's growing, and so they may have started out with, hit your sales goal, go get them, right? Well, then as you grow, you've got to get more profitable, you've got to get more accountable. So they were making a lot of changes that year, and they were introducing it at the sales meeting. So for each salesperson, they were going to have a new business development goal, in addition to existing business goals, so landing and expanding, and then a goal around a specific program. You've got this new accountability, and often that's where it would stop. Now, to this company's credit, they recognized that they needed to give additional training in business development. For their industry, they brought in a social media expert. That's what their reps really needed to hone and find. Existing business, what they realized is a lot of their managers weren't that good at territory and account planning, which certainly, then how could they teach that to their salespeople? So they brought in somebody to teach that. And then on the line of business, they realized that, okay, we've got to teach a new value proposition, new sales messaging. So right there was a company that we've got new sales goals, higher goals, more defined goals, whatever we want to call those today. But with every one of those, they weren't leaving them, like you've said, in the lifesaver vote, they gave them the resources and support. So that was just a great example of sales goals, learning goals, combining to execute.
0: I look at it from a very different perspective. And I love companies that are actually able to tie their goals to, hey, this is what we're asking our salespeople to do. No, we're going to support them in their development as a global approach. I want to show two thoughts that I have on this whole area. Number one, many companies don't start the year with sales goals. They're three months in and they're still establishing territory goals and objectives. I think they never did that. I'd work through Christmas or or whatever holiday to make sure my reps had their quotas. To me, that's a given. And a lot of companies, oh, we'll do it by the end of the first quarter. I think that is just pure negligent sales leadership. Make sure you get your sales goals in place because the the reps need to understand what their objectives are. So secondly, what I have found at a different level, because I focus on coaching. So coaching is what does each rep need to get better? right? So the training component, I think that's actually a great insight that I want to take forward with folks that I work with. Make sure that your goals, as you said, or your objectives are tied with making sure the reps can support them. One of the things that a lot of companies do, and I've experienced this because companies that I've worked for used to have an HR process, individual development plans. Okay. It all sounds good. It, It sounds good. Maybe it was just in our industry that we had it in the healthcare industry, but what IDPs were is at the beginning of the year, you set your objectives with each rep, and then you set your individual development goals with each person. Now, this is an HR process, so it got done. HR processes get done. So what would happen with those IDPs is they would sit for the first six months of the year because the process said, you shall revisit six months later, and then you shall revisit 12 months later. So I remember sitting down and, you know, we had, let's say we had a great sales year, and I'd say, oh, you didn't achieve that objective, but we had a great sales year. You're too busy making sales happen. So before I move on to maybe a solution to this, because this is what I work on with organizations, so I'm going a long way to tell a short story, but those processes, IDPs, Individual Development Plans, I don't want to swear, but they're full of shit. Some people may be offended, but it doesn't work. You can't revisit learning objectives twice a year. It's a joke. It's like writing a strategic plan and reviewing it once a year. Why bother? Right. If you want to make a comment, but I do want to go on and talk about it, possible ways to be better at this whole process of learning goals.
1: I think what you're bringing
0: up, and this is, could be
1: some self-awareness for people, reality testing. We're really not making it a priority. So why aren't we making it a priority? Here's where it goes back to. Now, again, I play more in the solve skills. It's your belief system. Because, Stephen, if you believe something's important, you will make time for it. For example, in my personal life, I always make exercise a priority. At the beginning of the week, I get online. I I live here in Denver, Colorado. I still like to hike outside. I find out what the weather is and I plan my exercise outside according to that. That's a belief system, right? It sounds like we're talking a good talk, but if you really believe it, then as a quote I said, your default is to daily coaching, scheduling the time. It's on your calendar. Your group sales meetings aren't just deal review. They are deal coaching. I think it starts with belief systems. Now, the second one I would say, and and Stephen, I'd be curious if you've seen this, where I've talked about deal review versus deal coaching, metrics, conversion, you know, the sales funnel, absolutely important. But when I've worked with managers on this, it's looking for the patterns. If the conversion rate isn't there, what's really going on? Now, it could be lack of hard skills. Part of that is you're not doing enough role-playing to see if the rep can actually say and do it. But I'd also say the other pattern to look for is the soft skills, maybe lack of BQ. For example, let's take a look at a rep on the discovery part in the sales funnel. They're phenomenal. But then the deals get stuck at decision fate. So a lot of times, and this could be important, maybe the rep really doesn't know how to navigate through an enterprise sale, user buyer, technical buyer, all those fancy terms we use. But here's what I found. A lot of times they actually know what to do. Here's the gap. But they aren't assertive enough to ask for the meetings with the other buying influences. Even though the pattern shows we only win when we talk to these three decision makers. So the rep isn't assertive enough to ask for the meetings. So where are you going to do your coaching? Yeah, maybe on the tactical coaching. But you may have to do a lot of coaching on assertiveness, being comfortable asking for what you need. So that to me is where the learning goals, you can be well-intended, but you don't know where to focus your coaching on the learning so we achieve the sales goal. That was another long answer.
0: (laughs) This is an exciting topic, right? Because if I didn't say it earlier, if you grow your people, you grow your business. I've seen a direct correlation there. I started working with an organization earlier this year. I asked about a lot of different things. How do you review performance? How do your managers coach? I asked how often they coach. I was blown away. They said once a year for a week, they go out and coach their sales reps. I come from a very different world where my managers used to coach, used to be out in the field half of their time. It's just like if you had a customer and saw them once a year, you're not going to generate a lot of sales. So what I try to help companies do, because you would hit on a lot of the points, is one, learning is an ongoing process. You don't just learn by sitting in a training course. You learn by doing, you learn by being coached and practicing. A very simple way that we do is we create coaching journeys, which in essence is an IDP, but it's a living IDP. Let's say it's discovery. Let's say it's creating key meetings, whatever that is for the individual, have that as their learning objective for the year. It can only be one thing, could be two, could be three. Once you go over three, It's probably too much. What I do is have the manager every time, and I know I'm a little bit cuckoo on this. Every time they interact with the rep, they spend five minutes reviewing their plan.
1: That's called accountability. That means the rep shows up knowing that is not on the shelf. I'm going to be asked this question.
0: Then there's longer sessions. But every time they interact, I say, by the way, how's it going with discovery? some great questions you ask, but they have to have their plan readily available. I so happen to have my binder here that I use for my coaching clients. So it's always readily available. I know it's an old system, but the bottom line is, I know what their three goals are before they even remember because we forget what our learning objectives are. But if we keep that relevant, as relevant as we keep sales targets, if they took that same approach to learning goals, that the learning goals are set, that's the coaching component, and they circle back to them, As you said, showing they're important, holding the sales rep accountable. Then we get reps who at least at the end of the year can say, hey, there's at least one or two areas that my managers help me get better at. Sometimes that's all it takes to have major impact on your performance.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think what's interesting here might be a visual for our listeners today, because I've called this baton training. Let me explain it. Here's a story I've told in training more than once. So I'm a brand new track coach, right? Show up at a college and the old coach got fired. And they're really frustrated because they've got really good athletes here, but they always keep coming in second. Coach is looking, he's watching the relay team. He's like, boy, these are really fast runners. But then what he notices where they're not good is the baton handoff. Right. So instead of making them run, do anaerobic exercise, muscle All the coach does is works on the baton handoff. And I suspect for every rep, there's probably three baton handoffs. If you're looking at the patterns, hard skills, soft skills, combination of both. And to your point, don't do more than three because if you can just improve the baton handoff, you're winning. I think
0: that's kind of supporting what you're saying. The challenge is, is how do you balance the two? Certainly you want to look at Setting achievement goals because that's the other day your your ultimate objective. But how do we find a way to manage both? Or do we have to manage both? And we just manage each one individually. Any thoughts on how sales leaders can effectively manage both?
1: I believe they use the same methodology or thinking approach that we use in funnel management. Leading indicators, lagging indicators, right? And so again, kind of what I said, for every leading indicator that leads to a first exploratory call, well, we've defined the number for the activity, and we figured out this rep for this activity needs this type of training or coaching. I'll give you one that I've seen a lot, and maybe chat GPT and all that's going to change it, but email prospecting, right? So for many years, reps are told to create good emails. Writing a good email is copywriting. It's a writing skill. And yet nobody was providing their reps with training on copywriting. It can be as simple as networking. So here's my leading indicator. I want you to go to two networking events. For your industry, that works. The person goes to two networking events. Well, networking takes a skill set. You've got to have a really quick value proposition, kind of pithy. You should go with the goal of introducing two people, education. So again, you can have the leading indicators, but put education around each one of those. And see if they've mastered it. You would do the same thing when you're running through the uh, sales pipeline funnel. Stephen, something that comes up with your IDP. And I actually was corrected and rightfully so by a very senior executive. I was talking, okay, we need to take a look at value props. And he looked at me and goes, Colleen, at the level we're calling on, they don't want to hear acute value props. Season reps need storytelling skills in a quick, compelling fashion. That was a great learning point for me. For these sellers, they may have needed tactical value props, but this set of sellers needed really good conversational case study story selling skills. I would say, I think they're lined right up with each other. I don't think it's an either or. They're right next to one another.
0: I think you actually described that really well at the beginning of how an organization had their three objectives and then heightened learning objectives. If these are the key things we want from you, we're going to actually train you on them I never thought of it that way. So again, great insight. Thank you for sharing that. I look at how do you coach it? The training is getting out there and making sure that you're sitting with the reps, observing their ability to take that knowledge and put it into action. So I think there's even a third step here. Do we build coaching plans in terms of how much time the manager spends out in the field, coaching the reps to make sure the learning goals are aligned with the goals we set? And we're out there making sure that we're observing those behaviors or those actions, that kind of helps bridge that gap between knowing and doing.
1: I'm curious, when you've had to flip sales managers' daily routines, and it's very easy to get drawn into operations meeting, internal meetings, what were one or two things that you did to help a manager change their daily routine to achieve this balance?
0: That's a great question. I shared the example, and this is a wonderful organization with some wonderful managers. I've shared this whole idea of coaching, not once a year, but active coaching, active development, specific plans. So they rolled that out and they rolled out a couple other things that I felt were essential for sales leadership, like proper review meetings. So they're not reviewing every day, but they're reviewing once a month. This has added a lot of extra work for them. They're really committed. And I tell them that they're committed to implementing the knowledge they got in the training course, and we're helping them through coaching. But one of the things we did, and it's totally off this, but I, I think it's important to share the feedback was consistent. We love what we learned. We see the value right now. There's a time crunch. So I thought, but how do I help them? Drinking a coffee one morning, I said, why don't we create a task force to get rid of time suckers? Oh, brilliant. So that's one of the ways I look at time. What generates revenue and what your time sucker is. Just before we had this call, I spoke to the person who was in charge of time sucking task force. The managers identified five and they're not implemented yet. I said, what's stopping you? He promised to get them done by January 2nd or 3rd. But the point is, sometimes we do have to look at some of the time-sucking activities that are sucking away from coaching, from being out with our customers, because they don't generate revenue. As you know, I'm a firm believer in coaching and the impact it has on performance and on growing your people, which is what we're talking about, and ultimately going back to achieving our objectives. We asked the great question. So they're looking at things, easy things like implementing better meeting cadence. Cause a lot of time is spent in meetings. The meetings are not well run. How do you start to do the things you know, you need to do some of the minutiae the reps have found that they love what we've implemented, but they're having time issues.
1: Yeah. And that's a biggie because the presenting problem is not the real problem, right? And so we might say they don't like to coach. The reps don't like to do something. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do. I've got these things pulling me here. And sometimes even the head honchos, they might be reinforcing time-sucking behaviors.
0: I always think coaching is soft, but the bottom line is that they're very committed to taking the knowledge and putting it to action. And they are doing that. The struggle they're facing is one of what gives to do the new things. Absolutely. So I said, guys, it's in your control. What is stopping you?
1: What company needs to be behind that? Then that goes back to belief systems. If you truly believe training and coaching will get you to the sales result, you will get rid of the minutiae. But if you don't, then you've just got to say, we don't believe training and coaching works. At least say what your behavior is demonstrating. I'm all about reality
0: testing. Don't waste your money on training if you're not going to implement it unless there's good leadership to turn it into action. And that's why I love working with this group because they're committed to turning it into action. So anyways, this has been a fun discussion. As always, we try to share some tangible things you can implement from each of our podcasts. And Colleen, would you like to share one of your great insights that sales managers can walk away with today and implement?
1: Here's an additional thought. So I live in Colorado. One of the major activities here is skiing. And I've used this in some of my sales management training. Let me explain. So if you're not a skier, here's how it works. You usually start on the bunny slope and you master those skills. Then you get go to the green slope. It's a little steeper. Then you go to the blue slope. A little steeper, but they're still smooth. Then you're going to the black diamond slopes, right? You got bumps. And each one of those types of hills requires a progression. So my encouragement with the IDPs, the individual coaching plans, you got to figure out where is your rep. And then don't escalate them or elevate them too quickly. Because a mistake I made as a sales manager, because I was time crunched, I might do one role play and okay, they mastered the green slope, right? Well, then I put my sales reps on the black diamond. I'm throwing objections at them. I'm running a pressure calls to see how they can emotionally react. They hadn't even mastered the other two levels of learning. So I would say if you want to be a great coach out there, create a great learning organization, Do what ski instructors do quite well. Figure out where your student is and progress them and know what the progression looks like.
0: I want to add to that because I think one of the things that we forget, because we're all trying to do so much as sales leaders, is we forget about skill mastery and to me, the end of the day, if we're investing in a learning program, the goal really is to master that skill before you move to the next one, so. I was so aligned with that. You throw me a loop because I think that's a brilliant insight. So I'm going to try to come close to it in terms of learning. It's very important that each of our reps feels like they're being developed and they are being developed. The way to do that is not HR driven IDPs. If there's HR people, I'm sorry, but that process just doesn't work. It's about building what we call an IDP, a coaching plan, one, two, or three things, and then Constantly. And it could be just five minutes in a discussion. Every time you have a discussion, how is it going with this? But really making it live is that creates skill mastery. Make sure you do put plans in place. Obviously, your quotas need to be ready at the start of a year, or you got to fight for it if internally you haven't got the approvals. I've seen that mistake made far too many times. It's hard if I see a client doing it because they think I'm being critical. But when I ran my sales organization, That was my job to do. This has been
1: a great conversation as always, Stephen. Always good to see my Canadian friends. So if you have enjoyed what you've heard today, we always encourage you to please subscribe to our channel. Our goal is to really help sales leaders out there. We often know that it can be lonely at the top. So if you do like this episode, forward it on to a fellow sales leader. So thanks again, Stephen. Wonderful to connect with you on this topic.